Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is actually a Texter Tuesday on a Friday edition of the podcast. We haven't done one of these for a while. They're normally reserved for Tuesdays, but uh, Mary Kay joining me as always. Uh, We did not have practice to attend today, so we're doing things a little bit differently. Yep, I mean, we've got Texter Tuesday on Friday. We stayed home for practice. It's just not a typical Browns training camp day. Of course, we always say that we never actually know like what day it is. So for all, for all we know, it could actually be Tuesday, and, and we're just completely unaware of it. So uh, we sent out a, a call out for some texts and some questions from our Football Insider subscribers. I'm going to tell you how you can get involved in that a little bit later in the show. But let's just start with this one, uh, and it comes from the 423 area code. What position group is outperforming your pre-training camp expectations? Mary Kay, who kind of stands out to you as some as a group that maybe you didn't, you were worried about, you were nervous about, and now maybe you feel better about after what what are we at two weeks now? Yep. You know what? I, I think I'm going to go with the position that we have been concerned about all off season, and that's linebacker. Even though Mac Wilson has gone down with a hyperextended knee and will be out for an extended period of time, I actually think the linebackers are looking pretty good. I think B.J. Goodson has been very active. He's been very vocal. Uh, you know, he, he's gotten an interception. Sione Takitaki got an interception the other day. I've seen Jacob Phillips get an interception. So those guys are making disruptive plays. And, you know, I think they are exceeding expectations right now. Yeah, it's hard to really pick a different group. I think that's really the one that, that you've got to look at and say, okay, these guys we were really worried about. We spent so much time in the offseason talking about what are the linebackers going to look like? Why didn't they sign linebackers? What do they think about linebackers? And they've been pretty good, even with Mac Wilson going out. And B.J. Goodson is really the guy, you mentioned him, if we're going to pick one guy who's maybe the surprise of camp so far, the fact that he's really established himself as the man in the middle of that defense is really, I mean, that's been surprising to me. I know he was going to get a chance, but the fact that it happened so quickly uh, surprised me. Yeah, I think so too. And the other thing that I think that he's doing that's good is he's really establishing himself as a a vocal leader of the football team. And I think that that linebacking core needed somebody like that. Now they lost a a very dynamic leader last year in Christian Kirksey. 
you know, can we get a dog check and all that kind of stuff. And you need that sort of inspirational leader kind of guy. And I think that BJ Goodson has assumed that role, even though he's new to the team. Sometimes guys that are new to a team will sort of get the lay of the land and, you know, kind of hang back a little bit and not really be all, you know, up in anybody's face or anything like that. BJ Goodson has just come in like a bull in a china shop, right? I mean, we hear him, we see him. Sometimes he's mixing it up with a player, right? I mean, he's like right. all over the place. So, you know, I think that's good. I think they needed a fiery leader in the core. And I think he's established himself as that. And I think he's got something to prove. I think he wanted to come somewhere and be a, a starting, full-time starting linebacker. I think he's going to have that chance. And, uh, and so far, he's living up to it. Yeah, and then this is a guy that didn't get that opportunity a lot when he was with the Giants and then with Green Bay. And now here he is. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in the run game. I think that's where he can really help this team. Coverage? I don't know. We'll see. But that's why we might see some creative things out of, uh, out of Joe Woods and his defense. All right, we had somebody jump on here onto our Zoom call live as we were uh, talking about that. So I'm going to ask Rory to unmute. And uh, we'll see if Rory's got a question for us here on this Texter Tuesday. Of course, uh, we threw this out to all of our Football Insider subscribers. And, uh, you know, we want you to jump on the call. We want you to text us questions, whatever you got. I'll give this one more shot. Maybe Rory doesn't have a question they want to ask. Maybe they just want to watch us here uh, as we go along. So while we wait that out, I will go to our next question that got sent in. This comes from Larry uh, in Bowling Green with a new staff, new system. COVID, no OTAs, no exhibition games. Should we realistically expect a slow start to the season with the team hopefully getting better as the season goes on? We've talked so much about the challenges that this team faces, Mary Kay, and at some point it is going to have to translate to the football field. And, and I do think that there is definitely a chance that, you know, th they could get off to maybe a slower start than we expect. But that's sort of the NFL world nowadays. What really matters is how you finish. Yeah, you know what? It is the big mystery. We don't know how they're going to start off. And the truth of the matter is, they don't even know how they're going to start off. Sometimes you get a little bit of an indication when you go out in the preseason and you sort of, you know, put it into a, a live game and you, you get a little bit of an idea of, you know, what your pass rush looks like or, you know, what your whatever, how the passing game is, is coming along. Well, they're not having an opportunity to do that in a live setting. One good thing, though, I think that, um, uh, it, you know, the defense is, is getting good looks from the Browns offense and vice versa. I mean, these guys have to try to hold off Miles Garrett. Uh, the defenders are, are getting their hands on some footballs, as we mentioned. So I think they, you know, they're doing a good job of getting each other ready for the season. But the truth is we aren't really going to know until they get out there and play that game. As far as the slow start is concerned, going to be hard to start fast in Baltimore against the Ravens the AFC North defending champion Ravens. But then they've got two games after that against the Bengals and the Redskins that, you know, if they don't win the opener, maybe they can get it turned around in those next two games and get everybody feeling good about this team. Yeah, I think that's the important point is they turn around and they play Joe Burrow in his first Thursday night game, his first short week. You know, that's, that's advantage Browns. Washington, I don't think there's real high expectations for them. So that's a team that hopefully at home, I know there's not a lot of home field advantage this year, but hopefully at home, you'd be able to beat them. You know, and then it gets a little bit tougher. You got to play the Cowboys. 
uh, the Colts and the Steelers before you play the Bengals and the Raiders. But there's an opportunity for this team. It's not like last year. You know, they, they didn't have a chance last year for so many reasons. But a part of it was they started off with such a difficult schedule. If you get to four and four, or even, I mean, it's not ideal, but three and five with seven playoff teams and the AFC just so wide open, I think that, I think you'll be okay. I think you can make a run in the second half and still get where you want to get to. Yeah, I think some of it depends on how does Joe Burrow come in and play in his first season? Uh, you know, but look, last year, uh, wouldn't you have thought, wouldn't you have circled both Bengals games and thought, oh yeah, the, you know, those are two victories. I think I did. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I know I did. Um, and of course, that didn't work out that way. It still boggles my mind that, uh, that they let the Bengals beat them in the season finale. But, uh, but anyway, so, you know, a lot depends on how does Ben Roethlisberger come back from elbow surgery? That's another big mystery. Right. I, for one, am really anxious to see how he plays because that is going to go a long way towards determining how this AFC North battle shakes up. So it's Ben Roethlisberger. We don't know about him. And we don't know how Joe Burrow is going to come in once again without having an offseason, without having any preseason games, and become a rookie quarterback and try to take over a football team and, and get some victories early on. So I think those are two X factors in, in how this season could possibly turn out for the Browns. But the, the schedule is a lot easier than it was last year. It is so much easier. They're not playing the gauntlet of, of quarterbacks that they played last year uh, for the most part. So uh, there are some games where, where they should be able to, to win and put together a pretty nice season. Yeah, and, and again, that start of the season, you hope. <clears throat> the nice thing is they can just turn and hand the ball off to Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Or, you know, I mean, they can kind of be creative offensively uh, with, with how they approach things. If you know, that passing game is, is maybe a little bit behind. All right, we're going to go to our next question that got texted into us from the 315 area code. Uh, you've reported that the offense has struggled. In what way has this been? Is it poor passing? Is it poor route running? Is it poor blocking in no time? It can't be the running game since you keep telling us how good that has been. And that is, of course, what I have been telling people. The running game has been very good, but the offense has struggled. I just think it's a timing issue right now, Mary Kay. I, I feel like this team is still trying to figure out this scheme. They're still very much in install mode. And, and I think there have just been some timing issues out there. And also, I think with Baker Mayfield, he's learning this new footwork. And we're seeing the ball go high a little bit. Um, I, I just I think they're still working out kinks more than anything. You know what? I, I got Somebody asked me this morning. There, somebody was uh, asking random questions of reporters that are out there covering camp what grade they would give Baker Mayfield right now. And um, it was an anonymous thing, but, um, and, and I mean, I'll just say it was on 92 The Fan this morning uh, and they were just asking some people. So they asked me and they were surprised to, to hear my anonymous grade of a B minus for Baker because uh, they said, hey, you know, somebody else before you just said D minus for Baker, okay? So, the reason why I gave him a B minus when it seems like things are a little uneven right now is because what we're watching is the kind of installation that we would normally be seeing in May. We would be seeing this in OTAs. It's the first time they're putting it out on the grass and they're gonna have to come up the learning curve very quickly, but 
I think it's better than, I don't think the sky is falling. I think it's going to be better than we think it is because they have the talent, uh, like you said. I mean, if you can work off play action and you can be handing the ball off to Nick Chubb and see him run the way that we've seen him in practice. You can hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt. If you can throw the ball uh, to Kareem in the left flat or, flat or the right flat or whatever. Um, you know, it's going to open things up for the passing game. I, I just think that it's going to look better once they throw some pages of the playbook out and game plan it a little bit. I don't think – plus, we have not seen – very often have we seen Odell and Jarvis out there and Nick Chubb. We still haven't seen the starting center. You know, there, there are some things going on right now where there just hasn't been the full complement on offense practicing altogether yet. Yeah, you know, I was I was asked too about, you know, are you more concerned about the offense or the injuries? This was a few days ago. And my answer was honestly the injuries because to me the offense, if we're still talking about the offense struggling in 2 weeks and look by then we're not even going to be able to watch this team practice. Uh, but if we're if we're talking about the offense struggling, you know, down the road a little bit, yeah, then I'm then I'm more concerned. Uh, but right now I still just think we're very much in in OTA mode. And they're installing things. And we haven't even seen this team go full go yet. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see that on Sunday when we get to watch them practice uh, over at the stadium. We'll see a little more of a, a scrimmage-like atmosphere. But we haven't really had the opportunity to see kind of what this offense can be uh, to this point. Uh, okay, we have uh, someone who came into our Zoom and wants to ask a question. It's Fred. Uh, Fred, can you hear us? Uh, yes, I can. I'm sorry. I didn't have a question. I just unmuted. <laughs> okay, no problem. Some folks, uh, we got a few folks who are, are sitting in and, and listening to us record. I'm going to go to someone who actually called in here if they're able to unmute themselves. Uh, it's from the 703 area code. Until we get to that, we'll go to another question that got texted in. Um, th this kind of goes, Mary Kay, to something we just talked about from the 330 area code. Do you think the offensive game plans will trend toward the conservative early in the season with a lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? And Kevin Stefanski was actually asked about that directly today. And as you'd expect, he didn't really give us much of an answer. Uh, but I, I tend to think if that's, if that's your fallback, you're going to be okay. And it's not a bad thing to necessarily lean on those guys early, especially when you're facing you know, a Cincinnati team that was really bad against the run last year and also a Washington team that you should be able to run the ball against. Well, before I answer that question, Dan, I would like to know, <laughs> what would your anonymous grade of Baker Mayfield be right now? Oh, good question. I would say, um, I'm going to go kind of right in the middle of those two grades. I would give him a C. Okay. Uh, I think he's been good in the short passing game, especially to his tight ends. We just haven't seen a lot downfield, and the accuracy hasn't been there. And the turnovers are a little concerning as well. Uh, so I've seen some good. I've also seen plenty of bad. I, so I think I would give him a C. I, I can't go as low as a D, but I, I can't go as high as a B either. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I was probably a little generous with the B minus based on what we have seen. Um, but again, I think I, I graded on a curve a little bit uh, because of the fact that it's only every other practice that we see Jarvis out there. Right. And right. And, and Odell has been, you know, sitting out a lot of team reps. I mean, have you, have you kind of noticed that? Right. I mean, he hasn't done a ton, a ton of 11 on 11. So a lot of times we're looking out there and Baker, you know, is throwing to 
uh, Richard Higgins and, you know, d different guys. So I'm, I'm giving him a little bit of a pass for that, probably, maybe, maybe more so than I should. I still feel like it's going to look pretty good when the chips are down. That brings me to answering the question that our, our uh, person asked us, and that is, will they be conservative? You know, I, th I think they'll take their shots. I still think they'll take their shots because, again, when you've got Austin Hooper, whether it's David Njoku, now it looks like it's going to be, it might be Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper. David Njoku's got a wrist issue. He hasn't been practicing. Harrison Bryant is kind of leapfrog leapfrogging over him right now. We got to, you know, we just got to tell it like we're seeing it. Um, but when you have those guys out there, you've got Jarvis out there, Odell, um, I do think that they will take their shots. They can always fall back on handing the ball off. They can always fall back on the short passing game. But you have to stretch a defense, and they will do that. They will try to put a little stress and strain on a defense, and they will go deep occasionally uh, to loosen things up. Yeah, I, I was unable to make it to practice on Thursday, but – I, that means I got to watch the live stream and, and got to hear Baker Mayfield get interviewed after. Uh, and they asked him about the weapons he has. And his eyes kind of lit up. Now, obviously, that happened last year, too. Uh, but he seemed really excited at the possibilities of having all those weapons and teams having to make decisions and take advantage of single coverage, things like that. He seemed really excited when he was talking about that. So I think he's thinking the same thing you are. Uh, if, if they get everybody out there, this team's going to be really tough to defend I think they want him to just sort of be the point guard, you know, yeah. take your shots when they're there, but otherwise just distribute that football and let's move the ball down the field until those shots, uh, until those shots materialize. Yes. And you know, and you know that uh, Baker will, when he sees a good one-on-one -on -one matchup, he will take advantage of that. And when you have play action, uh, the way that this offense will be based a lot on that, you know, when you have that, you're going to draw up those defenders. You're going to cross those guys up, and you are going to have some of those one-on-one -on -one shots. You're going to look out there and see something that you didn't see all the time last year, and you're going to see Odell one-on-one -on -one with a defender, and who isn't going to take that matchup most of the time, right? Nine times out of ten, you're going to count on Odell to make that play. We saw him last week go up between two defenders and, and just grab this ball away from these guys, uh, you know, two defensive backs. And it was just a great, great play. And if he's feeling it, you know, with, with feeling so much better this year, I think those opportunities will be there. Okay, so uh, I, I mentioned uh, someone that, that we had actually jump in the Zoom here, but I think this person actually sent us in some questions. Same name, uh, it's Rory from Wisconsin. He sent us six questions, Mary Kay. We're not gonna answer all six. He said we could pick the ones we want. Uh, one of them was about uh, how many guy, how many guys the Browns might keep at each position. To, to be honest, it's, it feels a little early to talk about that. Uh, he did want to know how Jedrick Wills has looked these last few days. It's been a little bit of a, a slow progression so far for Jedrick. I don't think it's any time to panic yet. I think it's still incredibly early. Uh, but we have seen some growing pains uh, from Jedrick Wills so far in camp. Yes, and those were to be expected, okay? You take a 21-year-old kid. You take him out of college where he played right tackle. Now, granted, he was the blindside protector of Tua, but then you move him over to the all-important left tackle position, and then you take away his, his offseason, and then you take away his preseason, and then you ask him to show up for camp, and you want that to be perfect against Olivier Vernon. And, well, he hasn't really gone against Miles yet. But, I mean, it's just not going to be 
a well-oiled, beautiful machine uh, when he's trying to make this transition. So they're bringing him along. I think there's a method to their madness. They're not putting, putting up him up against Miles Garrett right now and letting his confidence get shattered. Uh, they started him out against uh, Olivier Vernon. Then when that proved to be a little bit too much for him in the first few days, they moved O away from him and let him go against Chad Thomas. Then Porter Gustin went against him when Chad Thomas basically kind of lost his uh, backup spot there to Porter Gustin. So now he's back working against Olivier Vernon, which is a tough assignment, uh, but they're not going to give him miles until I'm not sure when. Um, maybe it'll be tomorrow at the stadium. Maybe it'll be sometime next week, but they want to build his confidence and make sure that he's on solid ground uh, before they let him go against the ferocious beast that is Miles Garrett. Because, I mean, most weeks he's not going to see anybody that good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I'll tell everybody how they can get involved in Football Insider so they can send in their questions, jump on our Zoom calls, all of that good stuff, and we'll answer a few more questions here on the other side. Time for me to tell you all about Football Insider, our tech subscription service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something and I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216 208 3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. We are taking, of course, our football insider question. So if you missed that number, hit that 15 seconds back button on your, your podcasting device, your phone. I don't think anyone has ever called it a podcasting device. I'm the first <laughs> to ever call it that, ever. Uh, so there you go, a little history for you. Hit that 15-second back button and get that number and start that free trial so you can ask us questions on the podcast. This kind of goes a little bit with the question we asked right off the top of the pod from the 614 area code. With all the injuries mounting, which position group are you most concerned with as far as depth is concerned at this point, excluding linebacker? Uh, this, this person wants us to not talk about linebackers, apparently. So Mary Kay, is there a group with all the injuries we've seen that you're a little concerned about uh, depth-wise in this camp? Yeah, I think this one's easy to answer right now, and that is the defensive backfield. My goodness, the adversity the backfield has suffered uh, in the last 
you know, couple of weeks with Kevin Johnson going down with the lacerated liver. And then you've got uh, Grant Delpit, ruptured Achilles, greedy. Williams out with a shoulder injury, and we're not sure when he's coming back. Then MJ Stewart comes in to replace Kevin Johnson as the nickelback, and he goes out with a hamstring injury. Terrence Mitchell suffers a knee injury. He's back now, but my goodness, this has been uh, an incredible amount of adversity for one position to suffer, and I am a little bit concerned about it. Now, they've got some guys. They've got some guys that can step in. I mean, the two starters right now at safety are Andrew Sandeo and Carl Joseph. Carl's looked really good. I mean, those guys are holding it down there. Uh, Terrence Mitchell can step in for Greedy Williams. So I think they're going to be okay. But it is putting a little strain on the depth at the position. Yeah, I think secondary has to be the one you point at. I'm a little iffy about the overall depth at wide receiver still. I know there haven't been injuries there to this point. Um, you know, Darrell Hodge has been out for personal reasons, but he was back today uh, when they practiced indoors. We, so we didn't get a chance to look at him, but uh, he's back and he was playing really well, but I'm still a little iffy about the overall depth there. I think there's some potential, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, obviously, Hodge, Richard Higgins is back. There's some guys that could play there, uh, but I'm just, I'm not convinced yet about all that wide receiver depth. I'd like to see a little bit more from that group, I think, uh, before, before the season gets started. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think it's it's good that they got Kaderil Hodge back today. I think we can both agree that he was having a really nice camp and showing up a lot uh, before he had to leave for a week for a personal reason. Uh, Richard Higgins has started to come on lately. Donovan Peoples-Jones caught a 65-yard touchdown pass from Case Keenum yesterday, so uh, that was all good. So these guys are are starting to you know to pick it up a notch a little bit. And I think once we see a little bit more of Jarvis and Odell, uh, I, think w I think we'll all feel a little bit better about that position. But those guys not being out there all too much, I think kind of skews how we feel about it for the most part. Yeah, I think so. We're seeing guys sort of in positions that, that maybe they wouldn't uh, normally be in uh, because they're, they're getting put on the spot in place of those guys. All right, a few more questions here. Um, this is an injury question uh, from the 218 area code. Do you think the seemingly high number of injuries is due to the shortened time in pads leading up to the first game of September 13th? And I guess the reason I, I bring that question up is I kind of feel like this is what's so frustrating about the injuries and has to be for the Browns. A lot of these injuries have just been freaky in nature. Like we, we've, there's been some polls, right? Miles Garrett had a poll, Larry Ogunjobi, but a lot of it has been, you know, Harrison Bryant fell on a guy. You know, he fell on Kevin Johnson and he had a lacerated liver. There's just been a lot of freak injuries. And, and I think that's got to be, I think that makes it almost a little more frustrating because we expected poles. We expected, now the Achilles injury is interesting with Grant Delpit uh, because that's something that is, as you've mentioned, Mary Kay, J.C. Treader uh, specifically brought up in, in the lead up to the start of camp. So, so that's an interesting one, but mostly it's just been weird injuries that, that haven't necessarily been expected. Yeah, some of, some of them have been very, very weird. I mean, it was so weird to, you know, to see Grant Delpit go down with an injury in a complete non-contact right. situation like that. Even Mac Wilson's hyperextended knee, you know, they're just, it just wasn't a, a lot of contact. You know, it was just very bizarre. Uh, but there have been a number of, you know, groin pulls, hamstrings, those kind of things, the soft tissue injuries. And I do think that a lot of these can be attributed to having no matter how slowly they tried to ramp it up 
it's still getting back into pads, getting back into football action, and having to, to work very quickly in a compressed time frame, and you know, not take any um, reps off really. I mean, they're they're moving very quickly through their practices and not wasting any moments. And um, I don't know. I just think that it, there there's there are more injuries than I expected there to be. Definitely. Uh, a free agency question uh, from the 216 area code with safety obviously being an issue. Uh, do you expect that the Browns could have real interest in Earl Thomas or, or Logan Ryan? Logan Ryan's a guy that I, I would definitely have an interest in. We talked about Earl Thomas uh, a couple days ago. Uh, he, he certainly brings a level of risk with him, but, but he can still play a little bit. Uh, I'm curious to see how the Browns address this safety position moving forward. Yeah, here's the thing about whether when you're interested in a guy right now during COVID, you cannot bring him in right away. So like, you don't know if they're interested in a guy, you know, they could have started having interest in Logan Ryan four days ago, and he wouldn't be able to show up on their field for the workout or the tryout until he passes three COVID tests over four days. So they could sign him tomorrow for all we know. (laughs) Uh, you know, right? I mean, it's about that time frame now where they can have guys in like that. I don't think that they are interested in, in Earl Thomas just because of the character issue and those sorts of things. Um, but maybe Logan Ryan is somebody that they would take a look at. Uh, again, they're playing it very close to the best on this. I'm not 100% sure yet uh, if they will or they won't, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do, do hear a safety name soon. Logan Ryan, very familiar with the dog pound, of course, after what happened last year uh, with with the Titans. So it would be interesting to see him uh, come in. Uh, Last question here from the 920 area code. Something Kevin Stefanski has to figure out. Thankfully, we do not, but we can certainly speculate on it. What percentage of the carries do you think we're going to see Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb end up with? I kind of go back and forth on this. I think it's so hard to take Nick Chubb off the field. So it's hard for me to even say like 75, 25. I guess I would probably start there, but I'd I'd maybe go higher with Chubb and put him around 80 maybe because you can use Kareem Hunt in so many different ways. I would have to agree with you there. I'm going to go 75 or 80% of the carries for Nick Chubb. And uh, that doesn't mean that Kareem Hunt won't get touches, but a lot of his touches will come in the short passing game. So I think that's probably more so how it'll break down. Yeah, it's, it's look, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make that decision, but the really good news for the Browns is th- both those guys have looked really good in camp and Kareem Hunt looks in great shape. Nick Chubb looks like he's in great shape. Everybody it's, this team's going, we've said this a few times, this team's going to be able uh, to, to run the football. And I think they'll get a little creative with Nick Chubb too. Yeah, I think we'll see him catch the ball out of the backfield a little more than we have in the past. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, he, he usually does a nice job with that uh, when he's asked to do it. He is underrated as a pass catcher. So, you know, he will do it. And that way, you know, you can kind of uh, the, uh, the defense on its heels a little bit too. I mean, they won't always know that when those two guys are on the field, Nick's going to run it and Kareem's going to catch it. You know, you've got to mix that up uh, to, to keep that mystery out there. Okay. That'll do it. Our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. There were a couple questions about whether the Browns would scrimmage. And just so everyone knows, that's going to happen on Sunday over at the stadium. So we'll have all kinds of reports for you there. And of course, for our Football Insider subscribers, you don't have to sign up to get those updates. But if, you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I want to get in on that Zoom and ask questions. I want to text my questions. I want updates from practice that these text subscribers are getting. All you have to do is text 216 216- 
208-3965. You get a 14-day free trial to see if Football Insider is right for you. And of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on your, as I call it now, your podcasting device. Uh, make sure you're subscribed everywhere you listen to your podcast. For Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. 